to the asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. The Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, AsylumFantasySports.com. Yes, Joining it, me tonight, oh. you hold up, in studio, yeah. stepping what, down. Wasn't I here last week? From his, no, you weren't here last week. Well, I was on the slant. Yeah, I guess on the phone. Yeah. Stepping down from his throne as the pumpkin king <laughs> of the <laughs> greater <laughs> northeast, Mr. Rick Briggs in studio. Yeah, pumpkin head, baby. Thank you. I appreciate that, Rick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thanks. Yeah, no, it's fun to be back. You know, I knew sooner or later things would calm down. I'd actually be able to get back in studio, right. and I'm certainly glad to be here. It is not easy being a mogul. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but, uh, you know, it's not easy just trying to start out either. <laughs> Anyway, drop us a line, asylumfootball at gmail.com, asylumfantasysports at gmail.com. On Twitter, at asylumfootball. You guys got to keep our Twitter feed going as Rick is out uh, turning those millions into billions. I'm not the Twitter guy, so you guys need to engage me. because Only because I, I can spell. That's true. I have trouble with that, and that autocorrect kills you. You say some stupid, stupid things Boy, on the autocorrect. You. you know what really gets me? And you're a great recipient of many of my – texts on my smartphone yeah lucky I, for I, me i can't type you know no. and, and i can't use my thumbs worth of hoot yeah, so i hit yeah. that little microphone and speak well it always takes words oh yeah you can't use you that. Know. you can't is that the problem oh yeah it's great oh no, i didn't know you used that that explains a lot <laughs> yeah basically you have the you're you're like a 90 year old chimpanzee you have the thumbs but they don't serve you you much purpose and right and you're old in these new Fangled machines, they don't, they don't cooperate. I didn't know. I never really messed with that, but it seems like nothing good could come out of it. Oh, it's wonderful with your Amish accent or whatever they they say about you. That probably doesn't help either. I have no accent. Well, that's that's not what I've heard from those people out on the left coast that uh, we were talking to that day. No, that was uh, you know Liz and John, and you know I think we come to an understanding. So anyway, I'll tell you what, big week. Yeah, it do or die time already. Fantasy, fantasy season is going quick. It is. It, Too it, quick. Wait, this is week seven? <laughs> week seven, I mean, buddy. crazy. Bi-week hell is in full effect, but Bears, Bengals. Uh, Packers. Packers. Who else? Denver. I'm yeah, forgetting Broncos. one. I think I'm forgetting one. Let me flip through the show sheet. Show sheet. Let me flip through that here. Bears, Bengals, Broncos, Packers. That's it. Those four. That's some serious fantasy implications. Oh, right? you're not kidding. <clears throat> you know, one one fantasy implication that's not so – I think it's going to bring relief to many fantasy owners is that Peyton Manning's on a buy. Oh, I, I talked about this on the on the Fantasy Sports Network show, Rick, the, the one that you showed up with uh, three minutes to go on, and I, I certainly appreciate that. And that was that. the best three minutes of the show by <laughs> far. Oh, I'm sure I we'll mean, get by rave far. reviews about that final three minutes, I'm certain. Could be a Peabody Award or whatever it is. Yeah, you know. I don't know what that is, but it's, it's some it's, sort it's of award. It's a great award. But, but what is it? Seven touchdowns, ten picks this season. One yeah. touchdown, what, four picks in the last two games. I mean, he's done, right, Rick? And this is going to catch up. Yeah, with I mean, it, it's like in in our notes, you know, put together for the show. Where do you go from here? I don't. I mean, you cut ties with them. I mean, look, in our league of consequence, and, and you know, 
A lot of pretty good players in that league. I mean, we you jerks, know, but they seem they're to know what jerks, they're doing. but they're good players. Right. Peyton Manning was in, involved in a trade, even up trade for Ted Ginn. And I think the the guy who got Manning got ripped off, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, here's here's the thing. Here, here's what I talked about. You, you can hear the, the my whole thought on this. I won't go too deep into it. FantasySportsNetwork.com, Cablevision Channel 147, Saturday at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern. Here's where, it, from a fantasy standpoint, Rick, he's done. It's over. Oh, yeah. Look, he might pop up and have a good game here and there. But here's the point. We've seen the decline of Peyton Manning slowly over the last several years, but it's at the end of the year. It's well known his the playoff. The last couple of years. We talked about this a lot last at the right. end of last year because it was horrifying. Right. And this is what's happened, and it's creeped further and further into the season. This is the time of year you're going to get the best of Peyton Manning. That's a terrifying thought. Yeah. Now, I don't know what it means for the Broncos. Look, that defense is that good. He'll string together. He'll make enough plays to win games against some of the Drecks they're playing. But I assume at some point they're going to be playing the Patriots. That's going to be a freaking bloodbath. I assume at some point they're going to be playing the Colts. I don't think can they keep up scoring-wise with the Colts. I assume Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back when they play the Steelers. I don't care how good that defense is. The Steelers are going to score 28 on them. Do you have any faith in Peyton Manning to go out there and put up 28? No. I mean, that's the thing. You know, can they keep up with the Colts? The answer is yes, but through the defense. I mean, it's not going to be an Andrew Luck, right? You know, Peyton Manning shootout. It's going to be how bad does the Denver defense stuff the Denver running game? Or, I mean, excuse me, the Indianapolis running game, or get after Andrew Luck, or how many turnovers they have. Right. That's what that's about. It's it's not a shootout anymore. Yeah, I mean, so even with that defense, that's a team going nowhere. And this is presumably the best of Peyton Manning. Now, look, he is too good. He is too much of a professional, I think, to continue at this pace. I think it gets a little bit better. But from your fantasy standpoint, for your fantasy team, it's done. I Certainly you put him on the bench if you don't just cut him. Right. He may have a week or two here or there because he is Peyton Manning if he gets the matchup right. But he, look, let's look at what else he's missing. And I guess it's a cause and effect. And I'll ask you, Rick, because I didn't know. I, I tried to have one of those debates with myself earlier that doesn't go that well. He's got no running game. He's got no tight end, the likes of Julius Thomas and going back to Dallas Clark. The two things that really set Peyton Manning apart are the tight end struggling and the running back struggling because of Peyton Manning struggles or is Peyton Manning part of Peyton Manning struggles the inability of them to run the ball and having that that big pass catching tight end that Peyton Manning's so used to I don't know it's chicken or the egg situation but it's killing everybody it's killing the entire offense save for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders how it seems like every week Peyton Manning's gone 19 for 30 for 200 yards, a touchdown, and three picks, and somehow Sanders and Thomas combined have 400 yards receiving. I haven't right. figured out how that works yet. Well, the thing is, you know, we, we talk about the woes of C.J. Anderson, but bear in mind, two out of the last three games, Ronnie Hillman's rushed over 100 yards in those games, and Manning still stinks. Right, right. I mean, you know, so you can't. Just blame it on the running, the lack of the running game, because actually Ronnie Hillman has been performing quite well. 
And it's it's certainly, you know, you you go 111 yards or 103 yards, that's going to keep a defense honest. Right. It certainly should open things up. I mean, he cannot hit anybody. No, he can't get the ball downfield. No. That's the problem. And, and the ones he does are so ugly. They showed – Look, we've always seen these these ducks that he That's threw. kind of been his thing, yeah. But – they were ducks. They weren't lame ducks. They were ducks with some velocity, right. just wobbling around. But they would get there. Now, I mean, they're like floating there. Right. I mean, exactly. it looks terrible. And, and that's what leads to the turnovers. So, look, he he's buried fantasy football wise. It, I don't know what it means for the Broncos going forward. And at this point, I don't care. But but for your fantasy squad, Peyton Manning, he's got to have a seat. I think one other guy in that realm, Rick. Before we get to the balls and socks. Boy, same story, different year. And I talked about this earlier. Eddie Lacy in the last two weeks, 17 carries, 30 yards, no touchdowns. Now, he was having these exact same struggles at this exact same time of year last year. Right. And some people, some people in this room, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I traded him to you last year. And then I traded him away as well. Right. To the team that was the eventual champion as he reeled off nine straight 100-yard games and set records all over the league. It feels like this is worse to me, but I don't know, Rick. So they're going into the bye week. I think the most important thing, he's dealing with that ankle injury. So now essentially having two weeks off, is that enough time for him to get healthy? And the funny thing is I talked about earlier – I was reading all the sites and checking out what all the nerdniks had to say on Twitter. And last week it was, hey, remember 2014? And he had these struggles. And then the nine straight 100-yard games, he's going to be fine. Everybody calm down. Buy low, buy low, buy low. And then he had that pathetic performance last week. Now this week the story's changed. It's over. Cut him. He's fat. He's this. He's that. What, what do you do with Eddie Lacy? I'm keeping him. I think you got to be patient, right? Oh, I, I think so. Look, he plays in Green Bay. Weather starts getting cold. Even a guy like Aaron Rodgers, they still run the ball more in, in that kind of weather. If you look, Rodgers' numbers are taking a big dip the last two weeks as well. They're winning. Well, yeah. But but Rodgers was never the, the Brady type to go up and throw 406 touchdowns right. just because he could. They manage their offense, they run their offense, and they win football games. You keep Eddie Lazy on your team, yeah. and you keep starting him, right? and you'll reap the rewards. I mean, it's just, you know, the Packers are going to – see, that that's the thing about the Packers is they can they can grind and pound with the best of them. Right, and they, they, they will eventually. Yeah, they, and, they, and they'll get more to that as the weather gets colder. They start playing November, December – in Green Bay, in Chicago, you know, what are some uh, – I mean, even like a, a Pittsburgh ball in New York. They're playing you know, outdoors yeah. in Minnesota now. That's true. That You're right. Absolutely. Minnesota again. So, I mean, they got plenty of cold weather places to play. Eddie Lacy, I think, will be fine, providing he doesn't – you know, I mean, if this ankle – you give it a couple, couple weeks, if it's just minor, he's going to be fine. Yeah, I was watching that game Sunday, and I, I just – I got to stay off of the Twitter because it, it just infuriates me. And from several people, and prominent people, I, I would see tweets like, this is why I always believed James Starks was better, and you're seeing it today. Shut up with James Starks. Enough with him. How many opportunities has he had to win that job? And how many people have they brought in that eventually beat him out for that job, be it through injury or for him 
waking up and remembering he's James Starks. Because, see, as a running back, and a lot of running backs with Peyton Manning can tell you that, tell you this, and now a lot of running backs with Aaron Rodgers can tell you this, a quarterback everybody's scared to death of can make you real good. Yeah. Look real good. Talk to me in the middle of November when they're playing at Lambeau, the wind's blowing in 120 miles an hour, and it's snowing from the ground up, and all of a sudden – the defense is squeezing in. You're going to see the difference between a James Starks right. and an Eddie Lacy if James Starks doesn't get turf toe walking out onto the field right. before the game. Enough with the James Starks stuff. Look, I'm going to pick him up, and maybe oh. I'm going to play him if Lacy continues to be banged up for now. Long term, I think Lacy's going to be all right. I'll tell you what, I'm not 100% convinced, I'll be quite honest with you, more because of the health. It's no right. lack of ability. Don't give me that, oh, he's so fat. He ain't no fatter than he was last year. No. And if you're worried about a fat running back, I'll introduce you to a guy who just got into the Hall of Fame this year who you and I got the opportunity to yeah, speak with. exactly. There's guys who make their career being this. So I think you got to stay the course, but I'm yeah. a little nervous, a little more oh, than I, I know. was last year. Look, James Starks is a good player. He's a good back. Up running back. Right. There's no question about that. But just don't make the mistake that this guy is the second coming of Eddie Lay. Okay, he's not Fred Jackson. Let's put it that no, way. No, no. You know, Fred Jackson was always going to be displaced by these guys in Buffalo. They couldn't do it. Well, Starks is always second string in Green Bay. That's the difference. He's a good player, but, you know, let's not compare him to Eddie Lacy. There's a reason right. these guys start. Well, and let's keep in mind this game that everybody has now based this upon, what James Starks, was against a San Diego defense who, if you remember, low a short Monday night ago, was taking on who I think is the best running back in the league in Le'Veon Bell but also a quarterback named Michael Vick, who they knew what for 100% certainty was not allowed to throw the ball over the line of scrimmage. Right. He was allowed to throw it parallel to it. At no time was Michael Vick allowed to throw the ball over the line of scrimmage. So for every play, the San Diego Chargers knew they were going to turn around and hand it off. For every play, they put nine and ten men in the box, and Le'Veon Bell still went for over 100 yards. That tells you all you need to know against what James Starks just went up against. It's going to be a little bit different when you start taking on some of these playoff teams as the season goes on. No doubt about that. You know, and there's, there's other players, you know, to consider when it gets right down to it. You know, we're talking about where do you go from here. You know, one of the – Worst situations out there, as far as I'm concerned, is the Kansas City running back situation. When Jamal Charles was injured, Nile Davis stepped in, took his place, did an admirable job. Now it seems like, and we were talking off air before the show, it seems like Kansas City, to your point, was trying to force feed, you know, West and not play Davis. Right. Of course, neither one of them really did anything. But the point is, if you have a guy that, that seems to be, you know, the closest thing to a Ben Tate's Arian Foster, you know, Nile right. Davis was, was was it for Jamal Charles. What are they seeing in this West? Is it they're, they're just trying to make him the guy? And if so, why? Because he certainly hasn't done anything. He's I mean, one of those preseason, one of those camp guys who looked electric. He looked more like Jamal Charles. But he's not. Right. And I I think, and I think I said this to you before we got on the air, before we got started here, as bad as Davis's performance was last week, 
I think the way things played out bodes well for someone like you, Rick, who I knew ran out and picked up Jamal or Jamal Charles. You wish you could pick up Jamal yeah, Charles. Well, not anymore. But. but Niles Davis, where people spent the big bucks on West, and for the rest of you who, who managed to get Niles Davis, I think this bodes well. They gave West – I think it was only 11 carries – but he looked horrific, and they got themselves behind. It was an ugly – Well, nine team. carries, 33 yards. Right. You know, plus a fumble. And he put the ball on the carpet. I think there's a lot to be said with that. So, I think now we say, if I'm the Chiefs, now Andy Reid's such a damn wild card, I guess you can't guarantee it. Right. But now I think you're the Chiefs and say, all right, we had this kid. We thought he could be Jamal Charles because his skill set's closer to Jamal Charles. That didn't work. He put the ball on the carpet right away. We got a winnable game against the third-string quarterback of the Steelers coming into our house. Niall Davis has won us football games. Niall Davis has had 100-yard games. Niall Davis has been a threat in the passing game in the past. Thanks, kid. We gave you a shot. Good job. You'll be over there. We'll see you on third down. I think this bodes well for Niles Davis. I really think it – because this was bad last week. We know what this kid's capable of. We know what Niles Davis can do. And I think now we got West out of our system as fantasy owners and as Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chief. Chiefs, I think this bodes well for Davis owners going forward. And I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, and you need – I mean, Kansas City has to – I mean, their season's about shot right. as it is. They've get, they've got to win. They're going up against – you know, albeit this defense has surprised a lot of people. They're fifth in score, giving up, uh, you know, the fewest amount – fifth amount of points – but they give up a lot of yards. Bend but don't break. There's right. yards to be had out there. Right. So, you know, Kansas City's going to have to try to pull some stops out. Is Alex Smith the guy? No. no I no. mean, but – and we say no easily. But here's a guy that has been, you know, given years of chances now. Right. And albeit – He's never really, you know, we always say he's one of these kind of guys that he doesn't lose you games. But, see, things are starting to go south a little bit for Kansas City. He's also not one of those guys that, that picks that team no, up no. on the shoulders, let's no, go. No, he can't do it. He, there's just, and he doesn't he even is. have the attitude it doesn't no, look like. Okay. And Look, the game manager quarterback is fine for wild card level teams. Or teams that have a Baltimore Raven right, defense of 10 years ago right. or 15 years ago. So now. you can win a championship that way. Kansas City's got a good defense, but it do, they don't have that defense. No. Where it works offensively, quite frankly, and we saw it for a brief stint here at the beginning of the year, when you have a receiver like Macklin, when you have a tight end like Kelsey, and you have a dynamic player like Jamal Charles, it can work to a degree. You take a guy like Jar- Charles out of that, now you got no fear of anybody. Yeah, all right, bring it on. Come on, let, let Travis Kelsey beat me. Right. I, don't, I don't trust that a tight end is going to beat me. So I, I think that's where they struggle. I think they need to find – I think we've also reached a point in the NFL where with everything else being strong, with everything else being good – it's still not enough to have a quarterback that doesn't lose you the game. You got to have a quarterback to go out and win you a game. It has to happen. Right. It, it, the guy's not easy to find. Granted, and I don't know. Well, let's look. Out I mean, there really, what you do? You looked at New England, Tom Brady, Pittsburgh, right. Ben Roethlisberger. 
you know, on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah, say there's what, only about eight or ten of those guys you can exactly. name. Exactly. You know, some of these guys are trying to get there, a la Andy Dalton. Um, you it's know, close. Yeah, a couple years ago. I mean, I want to see it in January. Yeah, but by God, see, he's doing it right now. Yeah, you have to see it in the playoffs. Um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick to a degree. Now that he's actually on a decent team with some weapons. Um, you know, they're elevating their games. Uh, but these, there's a perfect example, Rick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's got one of the best three or four defenses in the league. He's got one of the best 10 wide receivers in the league, especially for that size in Brandon Marshall. You got Chris Ivory, who when he gets rolling, looks like freaking Jim Brown half the time. Now all of a sudden, Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like a legit NFL quarterback. Well, sure. I'll contend he still stinks. He's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. But he's got all these weapons around, so now you have the game manager type of guy who's not afraid to take a risk and who can make enough plays to keep you in the game, and you got a guy like Marshall who can bail him out. You got Ivory running the ball 25 or 30 times and bowling people over, and you got that defense who's only going to give up 25 points or less. Now, all of a sudden, the Jets go from a joke to being a serious contender right. and a serious contender against the Patriots this week, I believe. Right. You know, and, you know, one thing I'll say about a guy like Fitzpatrick, you know, he is, is he one of these elite top quarterbacks? Certainly not. But – there are there are quarterbacks that we've look look at um, Bradford with Philadelphia has some weapons there right hey, he's abysmal Matt Stafford abysmal I'm sorry you know all these Matt Stafford believers you know he he does nothing but is average at best right and you know. This is actually the first time Ryan Fitzpatrick's really had a team with well, some weapons true. and everything. And he's is he doing anything spectacular? No, but he's doing his job. He's getting 250, 280 yards a game, a couple of touchdowns. He's he's connecting to Brandon Marshall. He's connecting to Eric Decker. He's running 30 yards for a touchdown. That was the e- weirdest exactly. thing I'd ever seen. Exactly. So, I mean, you know – no, he's certainly never going to be one of these, you know, top quarterbacks we talk about. But, you know, I, I'd say right now he's a little above average, you know, because well, he's yeah, got certainly. a good team. So, you know, there, there's other quarterbacks out there. There's um, Ryan Tannehill. What's up with that? He stinks. Over four. That's my but point. this is the year he finally puts it together. Yeah. It isn't. He sucks. He sucks. But, but that's my point. You know, they have one decent year, right. you know, over 4,000 yards. Hey, he had me fooled. I thought, you know. With, I think with, we all unanimously had him in the top 12 anyhow yeah, as a number one. Exactly. And Brian Hoyer has proven a lot of people wrong in Cleveland. Or in ten, in, ten, in Houston. Or that's what I mean. Why, why, yeah, I'm sorry, in Houston. And um, so, you know, of course, when you have DeAndre Hopkins for receiver and Adrian – or Arian Foster for right. running back. See, stuff like that helps. Now, now he's the classic guy who can use those weapons and he can put up big numbers, but he's the kind of guy that will lose you a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll just at some point chuck one. He did it last week. Just chuck one up for, for no apparent reason whatsoever and cost you a game. But numbers-wise, and, and I'll tell you what, I'm starting him in a couple of the Scott Fishbowl. I'm starting him, Rick. He's putting up big numbers in, in these leagues that aren't crushing you for penalties. 
the numbers right. are 280, 275, 280, 290, a couple touchdowns. Like you said, thanks in large part to guys like Hopkins and guys like Foster taking little plays and turning them into big plays. Exactly. Look, I don't want him coaching our quarterback in my NFL team because I'm going to lose. But as a fantasy owner, especially in a two-quarterback league, Hoyer's right up. Hoyer's in that sort of 13 to 15 range for me as far as fantasy quarterbacks right now. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on. Boy, we've covered a lot of yeah. nothing, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, half hour in, and we haven't said anything yet. No, That's we... the magic of this show. Oh, I love it. Well, let's do it. Everybody tunes in on Wednesday, Rick, for game balls, smelly socks. I don't know if they do or not. I think they talk. They come in to listen to us bloviate intelligently about things. Well, I don't know how intelligently. I do have something, but don't let me forget before we get off the air, my, my weekly rant. This isn't so much a rant, but a discussion I want to have with somebody – I tried to have it with myself on the uh, Fantasy Sports Network show a couple of weeks ago. It didn't go so well. So just <laughs> curious of your thoughts because I, I know it's something you dabble in too as well. Before that, Rick, dealer's choice, game ball, stinky sock, whatever you want, start a sock. Oh, I'm going with a sock. You know me. That's true. A miserable, miserable man. You know, there's just certain things that just don't happen. You know, in, in, in the world. Okay. And one of them is there's no running back in Tennessee. That was well, so true. Okay. The, the pundits will tell you every week it's somebody different. Right. Every week. And everybody a, was hopping on who last week? Antonio Andrews. Antonio Andrews. Nine big carries, 23 yards. Sock. Yeah, it, it's terrible. It is. Ten, Tennessee I, has no running game. Quit try, You know, first it was stop trying to make. Bishop Sankey happened. Right. Stop trying to make the Tennessee running game happen. It ain't. Yeah, and I think people got wrapped up in Andrews because he should be. He showed to be a lot in the preseason and showed flashes this this year of being a weapon in the passing game. But then when they come out and it doesn't happen, now, now you got problems. And he can't run the ball, and you don't expect him. But here's the other problem, though, Rick, and maybe we can extend this out to Sankey as well. All the headlines coming out of Tennessee, all the talk from the the talking fantasy heads out there was this week Antonio Andrews is a lot. He's the number one option. You don't got to worry about Sankey this week. Well, you didn't. You don't got to worry about that guy this week. You don't got to worry because there's nine guys down there. It could be. He got nine carries. Yeah, nine. Right. Nine. I think that's half the problem. I sound like a German, right? Nine! Nine! (laughs) But they seem to have no interest in establishing a running game, is my point. Well, you know, it it doesn't help when you're getting blowed out of the stadium either. Well, and that happens quite quite a bit as well. I mean, it's just, I mean, you got clocked 38-10 by the second coming of Air Coriel, you know, in, in your imagination. No, really, by a, a team in Miami that was totally philbinized and apparently. <laughs> totally philbinized. <laughs> well, apparently, we know what this that, episode's going to be called. Don't apparently, we? being philbinized is just turning you into the biggest pile of crap team in the league because they look good. Right. Hey, 38-10, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You beat somebody 38-10. Yeah, this is the NFL. Yeah. You, that you, doesn't happen. You crush somebody. So, you know, 
I don't know how bad Tennessee is, but I know Miami still isn't a top ten team. Right. And they got destroyed. I wanted I, said, Rick, I don't do this often. If anything, I tend to be more self-deprecating than anything else. Oh yeah, right. You. But I've never talk, seen anybody toot your own <laughs> horn. Well, toot toot, baby. Here it comes. Okay. I want to give Rick Fleer a game ball, a big old attaboy, for telling you on the inside slant on Sunday morning, ten o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio and AsylumFantasySports.com. Ten to eleven thirty. Ten to eleven thirty. This was the week. I was all over Lamar Miller. I was all over. Jarvis Landry. I was mocked by you. I was mocked by Scott Fish. I was all in on the Miami Dolphins, and if the coaching change could could wake up some dormant fantasy studs, and they did it, Rick. They they did it this week, and I expect it. I Tannehill still stinks, so I worry about Landry. But but when we talk about Ryan Miller, it seems this coach is going to be dedicated to running the ball. And sort of my point when we talked about Tennessee and Antonio Andrews and Bishop Sank and everybody else, I think this coach isn't going to bail out on the run after six unsuccessful carries. Now, now these coaches know a lot more about the NFL than I'll ever know, but it seems to me, by and large, most running backs require the look at DeMarco Murray. We might get into him when we get into game balls. All of a sudden, they start giving the ball 20 times, and lo and behold, now he's putting up statistics, he's breaking long runs, and he's getting in the end zone. By golly, who would know that a guy would need more than six carries to put up big numbers to move the ball for your football team? I think you see it now with Lamar Miller. If he gets his work, he's going to be fine. Yeah, guys like that need to work, and – you know, speaking of jumping on Jarvis Landry, thank God he had that 24 or that 22-yard uh, rushing touchdown because that 42-yard receiving didn't really uh, pick Phil no, the Bill, I no, wouldn't think. No, but, but that's the type of player he is. He's a big – he's a splash guy. Yeah. This is but what no, he does. You need, you're absolutely right on Lamar Miller. You have to let these guys run. And – you know, I hate to go back to that same old story we talk about, but, you know, to get the point across, you almost have to. You know, not certainly Barry Sanders isn't Lamar Miller or vice versa, but Barry Sanders is that way. Right. You know, one yard, one yard, minus one, three, 47. Right. You know, and and that's just how it works. Lamar Miller still – I mean, I think every running back actually does better if they commit to the run game. And in the second half. I don't know how many times, Rick, and for whatever reason, and it's never conscious, I can't remember ever owning Arian Foster. And that's why I'm going to use this as an example. For whatever reason, it just never hits right. I don't think I've ever had an Arian Foster share in all his success and in all my fantasy football leagues. I don't know how many times I'm taking on a team in a big game that has Arian Foster. And I'm nervous because Arian Foster can kill you by himself. And I'm checking the numbers at halftime, and he's got 12 carries, 13 carries, 27, 28 yards. I'm thinking, ha, finally. They slowed Arian down. I get up from the fridge to get a beer. I come back. All of a sudden, he's got 19 carries for 125 yards and two touchdowns. That's what these guys do. They wear defenses down. And what it is, and here's what I will say, and I I try not to argue with NFL coaches because clearly they know more. But I think here's where NFL coaches screw up. As you look around the league, 
the league's become a fast a pass first league. It's become splash play kind of league. Right. But what you got to look at too is there's only certain teams that are actually successful at it. And there would talk about that list you went through earlier. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead and go through the whoever those right. s- select few quarterbacks. Everybody else tries it, but tries it unsuccessfully. So your formula to beat those teams is you got to run the ball, you got to control the clock, and grind it out and win a game in the fourth quarter. Instead, everybody's trying to play keep up with Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's trying to play keep up with Tom Brady. Next thing you know, you're down twenty in the fourth quarter, and you've got eighteen total rushing yards as a team. While the league is going that way, the only people doing it well are those teams with those five or six great quarterbacks and those other weapons that can do it. I, we've gotten so far away. Yeah, I don't want to see it as a fantasy football guy. I don't want to see it go back to every team's got one number one running back who's rushing the ball 35 times a game. It wasn't as much fun. to. This is more fun to watch. But if I'm this, this team on the other side, you got to bring it back to football a little bit. You know, I, I'll agree um... – in in so much as you're saying, yeah, it, it's more exciting now. But I think it was more exciting 10 or 15 years ago. Now it's like you have a splash play. Get up, go get a beer, make yourself a sandwich, because they have to review it for 20 well, minutes. I had a or, on that or it's called tonight. back on, on flags. There's there's more laundry well, on, a, on a field. So <clears throat> if it got back a little bit, to more conservative play calling, it may make for a better product for a while. Right. I mean, these flags and the refs interfering all the you know, and I say is interfering because they are. It, it's, it's hideous. It is. It, it they are destroying this game, trying to be part of the product. It seems like you're it. supposed to be invisible out there. Did we have this conversation before? This was before oh, we yeah. were on the air. I think this is who I, I want to give a stinky sock to the referees. Yeah, specifically for two, one play and one general thing. So here's my stinky sock. You, you just transit. It's like we planned this show. It's like you didn't just show up 20 minutes ago, and I had I talked to you within the last nine days. Stinky sock to the referees in the Colts game on that stinking onside kick. Now, now right. picture this, and they replayed it. And I was, I was actually surprised they were able to replay it because anything big that happens, they tend now all of a sudden they can't replay it. Like that Calvin Johnson, that bat play Monday night, the clock issue well, yeah. on the Steelers-Chargers Monday. We can't look at any of that. But yet they replay it. They're showing it to us on TV, yet apparently all of all of us watching it are too big of boobs to right. realize Dante Moncrief actually had mm-hmm. the football. So, and everybody saw this play, but – so we got the onside kick. Inexplicably, they they award on the play. They award possession to the Patriots. I don't know where they got that to begin with. So then, apparently, you're able to replay this. The replay clearly shows a Patriot fall on the ball. Now he's got no arms. I still haven't figured out. We were talking about before. I don't know where his arms yeah. went. Just his chest, his torso fell on the ball. I got no clue where the guy's arms are. <laughs> And then you see Moncrief come diving in. You see him reach under the donk, pull it out, and curl up in a ball. And then 20 minutes later, that was the longest scrum I'd ever seen in my life. 
20 minutes later, Dante Moncrief stands up and walks away with the ball. They go under the hood and come back and say, we don't have enough evidence, Patriots ball. What the hell evidence do you need? Right. We have video of him pulling the ball in. And, yes, of course you can't see the ball after that. And God knows we don't want to know what goes on in that pile from what I've heard. And then 15 minutes later, the same guy who you see take it in his hands and curl up walks away with it. What the hell proof do you need? What right. else do you exactly. need? Exactly. That's, that's what you're supposed to have. Right. That is supposed to be the proof. That's your visual when, evidence. When when the scrum's over and the bodies get up, the guy there with the ball, that's whose ball it is. Right. Now, if they'd done all that and the video showed Moncrief pulls the ball out, and then 20 minutes later you see the kicker down around the goal line waving the ball over his head, maybe that's not good evidence because how the hell did the kicker get it well, and how did exactly. he get all the way down there? Right. But the guy who took the ball – Walked away with it, and we, we don't have enough evidence. What the hell are you talking about with that? I know. Yeah, but back to your point with the flags, we were talking about this before we went on the air. Punt returns have to go away. Look, the league's pretending like even though we want to play 18 games and we want to play these guys on three days rest and we want to fly them to freaking London and screw up their body clock, but we're all about injuries. We're all about preventing injuries. So now we have to watch touchback after freaking touchback after freaking touchback week after week on the kickoff game. I can solve two problems with one decision here on the punt returns. No more punt returns. Now, you don't have risk of injury, number one. I can't remember a punt return in any game I've watched this year that didn't have a flag on it. So here's what we do. Simple solution. 11 defenders on the line of scrimmage trying to block the punt. I'm going to allow you to try to block the punt. Now, you can't come within eight feet of the punter to block it, or that's a penalty, but that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) So he kicks the ball wherever it stops. Because nobody's allowed to catch it. Wherever it stops, then you take the ball from there, go backwards half the distance to the goal because you're going to call the penalty anyhow, so we'll just save you the trouble, half the distance to the goal, and the offense takes off from there. We have completely eliminated special teams. Every pass play, there's a flag. Every long run, there's a flag. It almost seems like I know better realistically, but in my mind, in my cynical mind, I almost think is every big run play, the flag comes out. I almost think the referees are saying <laughs> – that son of a bitch, Adrian Peterson, just stole my thunder. It's time for my FaceTime, baby. Well, yeah. Hold him. Bring it back. Come yeah, on. Yeah, wait a minute. I'm not on TV right now. Yeah, so big old stinky sock, Rick, too. <laughs> We're 40 minutes into this show. I don't so care. We go it, through it, 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 to it, the referees. Horrific. It bears Horrific. discussion. It, you brought up the point about you know the game being more exciting and so forth, but it's not anymore. It is flag after flag after flag, and – Always an explanation on everything. I mean, they have to come and put their little microphones on and discuss everything. Oh, i got to get a dissertation from Ed Hockley on every freaking play. Yeah, and, and, and to his credit, Ed Hockley is pretty one of the best ones out there. Right. You don't see his mug a whole lot. I mean, like, was it Hockley, the one with – you know, he was giving, giving the quarterback the business. <laughs> giving him the business. <laughs> now, that was classic. I mean, I'll take an explanation on that. But it, it's it's just terrible, and, and and I don't know. Getting back to what we we're talking about, running games. You know, is it the pressure that that um, the, these teams have to be flash and dash? I mean, you you look at an Aaron Rodgers quarterback team. You have Eddie Lacy, right? Look at Peyton Manning with the Colts. You had Edron James. You know, and then um, still had a uh, thousand-yard rusher in um, 
what, Marino a couple oh, years yeah. ago in Denver. Anderson last year. Exactly. Marshall Falk there at a time. Well, yeah, in Indianapolis. You know, and these teams that throw a lot can still run the ball. Right. So I don't really think so much – yeah, I don't think you need to have 45 – you know, one player with 40, no. 40 rushes a game. But I think establishing the run game on a more consistent basis and let a guy get into a groove – I think it really helps the running back as well as the offense. You and I talked about this before. You get a guy like, um, okay, say Jerome Bettis and, and Willie Parker back right. back in the day. If you were platooning these guys with an RBBC, you know, that that is very difficult on the offensive line. Right. Two totally different running styles. Ex- extremely. And in in the the timing of the play, but if you have a guy like Bet, especially like third and fourth quarter, you're pounding the ball, and that's what you do. I mean, it it you start getting into groove. I mean, the whole unit is like a machine, right? And if you're gaining yards, you, I mean, literally, you're grinding up the defense because they're reacting, they're wearing down more and more and more every play where the offense isn't. And right. I mean, you can really. Like you say, I mean, literally just grind the defense down. Right. Perfect example of it this year, a guy on the game ball list. I'll, I'll skip ahead here, jump to a game ball, Chris Ivory. 20 carries, exactly. 140 yards and a touchdown. And he looks like that throwback. They keep feeding him. They keep feeding him. He gets slowed down. He gets beat up. He gets knocked around. Come the third and fourth quarter, these guys are tired of tackling him because now you as a defender are getting hit. It's not the other way around. That's the way to play ball. Chris Ivory's doing this consistently now. Very consistently. And not Powell only that. comes in and changes it up a little bit, but Chris Ivory is the man. Game ball to him. 20 carries, a buck 40 and a touch. And not only that, when you're running the ball like that, the defense has to move up to right. stop this. Now. Well, now you don't have any help covering Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker right. and whoever else they tend to, to swing at. Somebody's going to be one-on-one. So a guy like Fitzpatrick, you know. Hits a Brandon Marshall and the elite receiver and one on one. Oh wait a minute! Now we have to go back. It well here we go. Hey, Here's Chris, Chris Ivory, Ivory again. again. Right. Yeah, We've yeah. gotten away. Everybody's trying to do because up until you know the last season and a half, Peyton Manning could go out there and just pick you apart. Now Ben Roethlisberger can go out and pick you apart. Tom Brady can pick you apart to a degree. Andrew Luck can pick you apart. Aaron Rodgers can pick you apart. That's about where it stops. And everybody else is trying to emulate this offensive style. Sorry, pal, you don't got the horses. No. The horse, the, the one horse. Because I don't care how good your receivers are. you got to have that quarterback who can make those plays, who in double coverage, who when everybody knows you're going to do it can still pull it off. There's only five or six of those guys in this league. Yep. But we've got 32 of those guys trying to do it. And that's where we see this terrible quarterback play the impossibility finding a running back, the reason I'm 4-2 and two in one league and 6-0 and oh in another where I did the zero RB theory against everything I believe in, but that's where the league has come because if you can find these superstar receivers on these well-quarterback teams, you can go out and win fantasy games in the PPR format because there are really no running backs or there are six or seven running backs who are going out week to week putting up any significant numbers, you can cobble together that running back core to, to swing it back to fantasy football here. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree 100%. You know, we talk about the, you know, these elite quarterbacks. You know, you still have Brady. You still have Rodgers. 
you know, Rivers' first half of the year anyway. You know, we'll see what San Diego does the second half. But I tell you what, you can see the new class creeping in. Right. You know, and Blake Bortles is one of them. He's he's there. There is no question about that. This kid's sixteen hundred and thirty yards, thirteen touchdowns, he has seven picks, but he's also rushed for hundred and forty nine yards. I mean, right now he's behind in fantasy scoring only Dalton, Brady, Rogers, Rivers, and Palmer. Right. That's it. I mean and and they're playing on a he's playing on a one win team in Jacksonville. And I mean you know, the Blake Borders, this kid is going to be something special, I think. Yeah, I was thinking back, Rick, to the slant last week. We need to give ourselves more credit. I think, listen to the slant. I'm going to give myself from homework between now and Sunday. I'm going to put together a piece of some of our recommendations last week. You know, I gave myself the attaboy about Lamar Miller. I believe I said the words. Blake Bortles is a mortal lock for 300 yards and two yes, touchdowns this week. Yep. And he did it. If I'm not mistaken, you were all over Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. yeah. I had some question yep. marks. No, no. He's the only weapon there. They're going to move the ball. He's going to have well and, over 100 yards, and he's going to get in the end and zone. And Jay Cutler's back. Yeah, you yeah, were like all him over. Or not. You were all over Jake Cutler. You were recommending him over everybody, if I recall. Well, on, on the waiver wire, right. yeah, I was. And quite I, Quite there was seven up. or eight. We just crushed uh, Travis Benjamin. We were all over that. We're freaking good. We I really know. are. I don't know why you donkeys aren't listening to us more often and spreading the word for us. We're freaking good. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because uh, you know Dean's dumpster fire team. Yeah. Notice we didn't hear from Dean after that whole Latavius Murray <laughs> thing. I don't think though he had anything that outperformed Murray, if I remember. No, and or. Murray actually got injured, so it really wasn't. Right. You know, yeah, we can give ourselves a buy on that one. Come on, Dean, cut us some. Sl- I don't think Dean's mad at us. I hope not. Gee whiz, I mean, you know, let's get the fire <laughs> extinguisher. Raining asylumite of the year. Yeah, I think uh, exactly. Jersey's ahead of him right now. Dean needs to need to make a comeback yeah, you're here. Have to pick it up a little bit. Yeah. All right, Rick. Let's get back on track for the last uh, <laughs> fifteen minutes of the show here. Game ball, stinky sock. You call it. Okay, I'm really into the socks. But All right, you know give what? Them out, buddy. No, I, you can do the socks. I'll do the balls. Okay, that's that's cool. We, we will do that. And how how else can you go? We we've hit on this guy already, hard. I don't even think we need to elaborate. Let's just give it to Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a sock. You know, with that defense that he has, Ronnie Hillman rushing for 111 yards. There's no reason for you to go out and throw three picks. Bad picks, too. Yeah, they were Not terrible. Not Peyton Manning picks. No. Those were Jay Cutler, Matt Stafford picks. Those weren't Peyton Manning picks. Yeah, they were like – um, I mean, you're failing you, to get it over a linebacker. I mean, not only does yeah. he not have the zip on the ball, he doesn't have the touch anymore. Yeah, how many times he made his career off of that? It right over the linebacker's fingertips, right, right in front of the corner of the safety, and one of those receivers would make a play for him. He doesn't even have the touch to get the ball over a linebacker. He doesn't have the arm strength. It's not <laughs> that even. That could it, be it. It's it's not so much touch. I don't think it's just arm strength. I mean, let, let's look real quick. Okay, Peyton Manning has 1,524 yards, seven touchdowns, ten picks. Okay? He is right there with the likes of, and this is fantasy point scoring. He's behind Jameis Winston. He is is behind Kirk Cousins. Right behind Peyton Manning is Ben Roethlisberger. 
point being, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger's missed two yeah, games. Yeah, and about to miss a third. Or, He's missed two he's and He's missed a half. three games, yeah. Two exactly. full and better part of a half. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, yeah, cut ties with Peyton Manning. I don't know if you can get anything for him higher than Ted Ginn anymore, <laughs> but, uh, you know, try. All right, Rick, I am going to bring back the positivity here. Oh. I'm going to give out a game ball. That That's just terrible. No, no, it's uh, – Oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that's just pathetic. I'm all over the buttons today. Yeah, I like, I like this. When, when we're in the uh, road studio here, I do it on an iPad, and it's actually more accessible. I got it right in front of me, so I just, I just – And like it to, works. I like to play with everything. <laughs> we don't use that one enough. Thanksgiving's like coming soon enough. Yeah, that's true. All right, Rick, this is an obvious game ball, but, but this is one I think we need to have a discussion about. Benjamin Watson there last Thursday, brother, ten for a buck twenty-seven in a touch. Yeah, I mean, when, what, what what can you say other than wow? I mean, that was that's that, a Jimmy Graham performance. That and now all of drive, a sudden, the Saints could move the ball, and they won a game against an undefeated team. Have they found something here? Well, yeah, I mean, and you know, tooting my own horn. Okay, I'll honk my little buzzer for being wrong. But I told you in the offseason, you know, when Jimmy Graham left, somebody's got to fill that void. I thought it was going to be Josh Hill. Right. It turned out he's not the guy. But I tell you what, Benjamin Watson is starting to fill the bill, started, really starting to build the timing and rapport with uh, Drew Brees. Hey, it looked like they could be an item here. Yeah, and I hope – I mean, obviously he's the top waiver wire pickup of the week. I hope this remains going forward. I don't – 10 catches is high for anybody week in and week out. But I think there's something here. Like I said, when – Ben Watson isn't Jimmy Graham. I'll grant you that. But when that team – when Drew Brees is putting up big numbers, when the Saints offense is really rolling, when they're winning games, that offense runs through the tight end. That is what they do. Now, it's been Jimmy Graham, who's a superstar – the last several years, but we've seen Ben Watson able to do it in spurts. He's about uncoverable. He's got good hands. I think this could be something. Maybe they finally hit on it. Maybe this wakes everybody up down there in New Orleans. They can move the ball. They can score when they have a good pass-catching tight end. And, and big hats off to Benjamin Watson. I think this could be big things for him and Drew Brees going forward. And, and I think that that's a real indicator right there. You hit on something. You know, we talked about Jimmy Graham being a superstar and so forth. Not looking like much of a superstar up in Seattle, is Well, I'll he? tell you what, if they throw the ball to him like they made a concerted effort to this week. But that's my point. He's still uncoverable for whatever reason. They just refuse to use him. That's I mean, what my... do you have this week? Eight for a buck forty. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Exactly. Who knew this guy could do this? Everybody but you, Pete Carroll. That's who knew. Yeah. It, it's. It, I think a pro tight end be it whoever it is, Tyler Eifert, be it Travis Kelsey, Jimmy Graham. Hell, look at Gary Barnage. This yeah, guy can catch a damn from? football. <laughs> With his legs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, you know, I, th- I think if the offense goes through <coughs> or if a quarterback develops some trust and rapport with a guy, I think anybody I think anybody that makes the pros can catch. Right. Yeah. You know, and and is Graham special? Certainly. I mean, like you said, he, he's basically uncoverable. 
But Breeze could. I think Benjamin Watson. He can fill in just fine. Yeah, he's not going to have the exact. He's not going to have as big a numbers. No, he's going to have plenty. He already right. had ten catches right there in that right. game. He's going to have plenty of catches yeah. the rest and of the I, way. I think they. I think they finally hit on something here, and I actually expected. I try to. I'm always careful when a guy sort of shows up out of nowhere and puts up numbers like this not to go overboard. I'm going to go overboard on Benjamin Watson. I think this is the real deal. <coughs> All, All right. right, enough positivity, uh, Rick. Bring us back down to earth. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. That's my my style. Oh, let's see how much time we got. Well, I'll tell you what. After watching, excuse me, <coughs> after watching the opening drive on Monday Night Football, I'm sitting there thinking, I'll tell you what, Eli's got yeah. it going this year, yeah. looking good. Finished up 189 yards, a touchdown, and three picks. Big old stinky sock. Yeah. It all came on. It came, it it came crashing came. down, didn't it? It's one of those things, and you always wonder about it. It sounds strange about a guy who has gone into a Super Bowl and beaten Tom Brady twice. But you wonder about this guy's mindset sometimes because everything was rolling. He had it rolling on that second drive, and then the Philadelphia defender, I'm blanking on who it was, just rips a ball out of Donnell's hand. Yeah. For what becomes an interception, which I think is ridiculous, but that's another conversation for another day. It was just completely downhill after that. And, yeah, and it was never over. got it back. And and to his credit, I mean, he had uh, the two picks. He still got eleven touchdowns and four picks for the year. Right. He's seventh in score in quarterback scoring fantasy wise. Still having a good year, but he like you say, you get these these lapses from him it just goes away. It's like so. he has a lobotomy in, right. in the middle of the game, and it's just horrifying. And when he gets it down, I mean, it just like he's gone. It, it's it's almost like yeah, this game shot of you know, right. Next week I'll play. Give him hell next week. Yeah. You wonder. I, I don't know what it is with him. There's not. You know, Odell Beckham was on pace for a monster <laughs> game, and ends. It was a decent game, being that he got in the end zone, but but it crushed Odell Beckham. Yeah, Reuben Randall ended up with nothing. The tight ends ended up with nothing. That whole game just went got out from underneath. Them. You watch Tom Brady on the sidelines, Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning. <laughs> he's more like Jay Cutler on the sidelines. Yeah, he's just standing there looking stupid. <laughs> and, and it makes you wonder, like to your point, of his mindset sometimes. Is he deep in thought, or is he like what wondering what he's going to have for dinner? I don't, you, you, you know. don't know with. It. I know. Or maybe he just doesn't know how he got there. Maybe he's just dumb. I, I, I don't think he's dumb. I he mean, could you, be know, dumb. you want to see a picture of my mother-in-law? Neither do I. Hey, <laughs> well, that was funny. <laughs> that, I mean, it's that. classic. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but somebody wrote that for him. Well, I that's a good point. He did memorize it. Though. Well, yeah, good for him. I, I guess. So. All right, I'm gonna, I'm going to bring back the positivity. But he needs a big sock. Oh yeah, big old stinky. Well, maybe that'll wake him up, and uh, things will get rolling again this week against uh, Dallas, Dallas. Big game. All right, game ball. I don't want to give anybody obvious here. Uh, people, how about this one? And here's one we got right. Uh, recommended to Jersey on Sunday morning. Get Travis Benjamin in your lineup, even against. That stout Denver defense, nine catches, 117 yards. This is starting to become a bit of a habit with this kid. Yeah, it is. Bad quarterback play, bad team, but he's habitually putting up numbers. Is Travis Benjamin the real deal, Rick? Well, he's certainly a a splash play guy. There's no question about that. But he's starting to prove. Now he's got nine catches all of a sudden. Exactly. 
And, you know, you have, uh, look, you had Josh McCown last week, 213 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. That's pretty bad play, but let's not, you know, let's not forget the fact McCown in the previous three games had 341 yards, 356 yards, and 457 yards. Right. I mean, this guy has been winging it around, and Benjamin's been the recipient of it, and, and he's turning into McCown's favorite target, which is obvious. Right. With 213 yards passing, and you said, you know, Benjamin had, what, nine catches? A buck 17. For a buck 17 out of that. So, and, and let's not forget Gary Barnage. Right. Well, yeah. Probably scraped up the rest of it. I'm certain he did. I don't so, think I have him on the list. I don't think I had him in there, no. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I think Travis Benjamin certainly is is worthy of a start, WR2, WR3. Right. And, and, and he um, might be creeping his way up high into the WR2. Exactly. And what no I question. like about him, when I try to look at, you know, Watson, you have question marks because you've only seen it once. Benjamin is trending – the right direction. And I think this time of year, this is what you're looking for. In week one, he had the three for the 89 and a touchdown. And we said to, to everybody, all right, let's, let's relax. It was three catches. He's the Mike Wallace type. You need that one big play to get your numbers. Then the next week against the Titans, three for a buck 15 and two touchdowns. All right, calm down. They were both. That was right. the Johnny Manziel game where both times he just flung it up in the air and Travis Benjamin made a play. But then here we go, week three, four catches. Then week five, six catches. Or week four, six catches. Then week five, six catches. Now in week six, nine catches. Right. Now the touchdowns have gone away, but now he's becoming the go-to guy. He's the number one guy. And he's getting the ball, and he's getting the ball plenty. That's what I want. I'll play that guy in a flex every single week if he's going to get that kind of targets. That That's the big thing. And he's making yeah. plays. Then he's dangerous when he gets the ball in his hands. He's the guy who can take that 10-yard in cut and take it to the house, and now all of a sudden you've got a big game. Right. So now if you can give me six to nine catches every week with the ability of him to bust mm-hmm. one off and make it a 120-yard-plus game every now and again, well, I got myself a serious stud in that flex spot. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, you know, this guy's a multifaceted player. He's also got uh, a, a return touchdown right. for the year. So, you know, you, you can get a lot of good things out of getting a Travis Benjamin in your lineup. You know, when, you, when you're scraping around, some of these guys, you know, some of these receivers that are highly touted that, that maybe you, you bid on, you know, I mean, look, yeah, maybe a Dante Moncrief, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because because the Colts were going to be such a explosive offense. You know, I, I'm waiting to see it. You know, I tell you what, Travis Benjamin can certainly fill a lot of voids in your lineup. Yeah, yeah, no question about. It. All right, Rick, we only got a couple minutes left. Just wanted to throw out. I wanted your thoughts on all this consternation and kvetching by all these states and all these governments about the daily fantasy leagues. Yeah, we saw Nevada went out and basically outlawed them. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, and this will yet they have brothels. Oh yeah, they don't get. But what it shows, and it's pathetic, is everybody. This is just the government's upset because somebody's making a bunch of money, and they're not getting their fingers in it. They're not getting their hands on it. Yeah, you look at there's legislation here in Pennsylvania. Now, now Pennsylvania is unabashedly crooked. You know, everybody makes fun of uh, Chicago politics. Believe me, the state of Pennsylvania makes Chicago look like Candyland. It's just 
Pennsylvania is terrible and nobody cares, so nobody realizes how corrupt it is here. They've got legislation on the floor right now. What they want to do, they don't want to ban it. It's okay to do it, but they re- we recently started uh, getting gambling, getting casinos, terrible casinos, but casinos nonetheless here in Pennsylvania. You can do daily fantasy but these outlets have to sign up with one of our casinos. They have to be sponsored by a casino. Which, what's that mean? Now, the casino is going to charge you fees because the casino is going to have to pay certain amounts back to the states. Is this done? Is this after? Now, I almost wondered, did DraftKings and FanDuel shove too far all in with all this advertising? Jesus, you can't go anywhere. You can't watch anything without nine daily fantasy commercials on. Did it become too big? The government being as greedy as it is once their hands in it, and it's just going to get completely shut down. Is it over? I, th- I think before this season's over, it might be done, just completely done. It's going to go. At least as we know it. It's going to go into limo like your poker stars right. and, and that kind of thing. And, yeah, I, I don't know what the big deal is. They, they just want their piece of the pie. Well, all of a sudden, if you're spending – for example, $5 on, on a FanDuel daily game where normally the first prize was $100. Right. Now it's down to 75 or whatever it is because, you know, the, the prize, it, there's not as much in there. You know, people, like it or not, are going to lose some interest. There's going right. to be a lot that won't. <laughs> right. But your casual player. Like me. Throws a couple throw of bucks. 10, 15 bucks in a week. Right. I'm not one of these guys who puts 500 exactly. in Exactly. I mean, a lot of these guys, this is what they do for a living. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're sitting in the in their mom's basement in the control center. I think this might be what's hurting daily fantasy, though. I think the timing of this was all so terrible. That True. dunk from DraftKings who got busted basically what they were calling insider trading, right, using exactly. the information he got to play on FanDuel, wins 300000 They sort of explained that away, but then you find out later he'd always played this, and then since he went to work for DraftKings, his win percentage went up hundreds of percent, right. a percentage point. So it, it, it works doesn't really work in conjunction, though, because what governments are trying to say, this is illegal, this is gambling, gambling's illegal, you can't do it. The fantasy industry, and I agree with it, is explaining, yeah, there's money involved, there's wagering involved, but this is a game of skill. You you can't pull any – this isn't pulling an arm on a slot machine and and it's luck of the draw. There's a certain amount of luck involved, clearly, but it's a game of skill. So you can make that argument based on this, but at the same time you can see – and look, there's no doubt in my mind, these big 100,000 participants – these million-dollar games, these hundred-thousand-dollar games that you enter for a dollar that I do every week foolishly, you have no chance to win. There's the guys out there who have the inside information, number one. Right. There's the computer nerds. It's got nothing to do with fantasy football. The computer probability nerds with the money and the backing to put it out and figure out probabilities and put in hundreds of entries. You can't get anywhere near these guys. What you need to do is find these smaller leagues with – your favorite radio show, your favorite podcast, you enter your five bucks. Those are the leagues I play in. Top prize is a hundred bucks. I usually win my money back every week. (laughs) I just keep playing with the same money. So I think that hurts them as well though, because there now is a, a feeling and a look and maybe not necessarily unreasonably of the, it being fixed to a degree, and oh, I think I, the fix is. I have in. no doubt that it is the the big games anyway. Right, you, you have know. no chance there. No, no I, I agree, and um, yeah. So I mean, I don't think it's if that part of it's true. 
I don't I don't understand what the problem is because to me it's no different than you know the old you always see in these old western shows you know the old pedal on the roulette wheel mm-hmm. to stop it and this that that's basically the same thing right so yeah that needs to be cleaned up for sure how you do it i have no yeah. idea and but i think I mean, it's too late now that got the attention it could be the government i think it started and i think it still is all these local, all these state governments are mad because there's all this millions and millions and millions of dollars changing hands that they can't get a piece of. And we know Democrat, Republican, Green Party, Tea Party, whatever party well, we you're part of. We already know one thing. I forget which one it is, DraftKings or FanDuel, that big advertisement. We're going to pay out over $2 billion right. in prizes this year. Well, that already – there's a red flag right, right there. You're paying out $2 billion. What are you bringing in? You're raking in. I don't know how many billions, yeah. and buddy. Uncle Sam wants some of that. Yeah, I don't know what their rake is, but it, it it's small. But on right. a, you know, out of the billions of dollars that are coming right. in, it's a big amount. And they can't – and so we know no matter what, that drives them nuts that they can't get their hands on that money. Number two, well, most governments feel outside of – which made it strange that Nevada made this decision. Outside of Nevada, Las Vegas and New Orleans, where, where governments all around the country who want to ensure that their populace is having no fun, that you can't have yeah. any adult fun. We, we, we won't allow that. Well, as we long as you come it. to a casino. Right, where we regulate everything, right. where we get a yes. huge percentage of everything. So they want to regulate that out. But now when you've got this nonsense going on, this at least appearance of impropriety out there, now Joe Politician can stand up and say, no, 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 I want you to have your fun. I want you to make your money. That's why. But I need to protect you. They're, yeah. they're taking advantage of you. You're right, and you got no argument for it because you got everybody at DraftKings making three hundred dollars on every twenty at Fanduel, and everybody at Fanduel making a hundred dollars on every two hundred at DraftKings. The the and maybe there that, is impropriety. Wasn't that the um, crux of the matter when when it hit Poker Stars and all that? Same them, thing was, and I don't even remember exactly how it was how it was worked. But somewhere along the line, because, I mean, I don't know if the hands were fixed somehow, or but I know something. Well, there was that, and one of them I know was it was allowing unlimited. You could basically multi-table. You could play a big percentage of the overall as one guy, and people with insider knowledge, maybe not necessarily working for poker stars, but with enough knowledge of it, that they, and they could figure out the probabilities. If I play this many hands at this table and I play 12 tables at a time, my probability is this. And, right. and it just grew on itself and grew on itself. They just said no more. And, again, the politicians can say, oh, I want you to have your fun. I want you to win your money, but i got to protect you. They're right. taking advantage of it. And you don't have much of an argument for it. Right. Because at least on the surface, that's what it looks like. I think it might be over. Not over, but it's going to be so overregulated, it's not going to be fun anymore. Well, of course it's basically. not going to be fun because they don't want you to have yeah. fun. And less, you know, betting more, winning less, and it's going to slowly tick away at it. Right. It, you know, and it, a lot of it goes back to, you know, look, I, I dabble with the fan duel and the DraftKings. But in fantasy football – I like the certain leagues I'm in where you had the live drafts, where you're face-to-face with the people you, you're in the league with, you're, you have a, a site and so forth. 
poker. I like sitting at a poker table. Right. Across from, across from people. You know, the internet's real. I mean, and, and it, I, I know, I get it. It's this, it's this generation, it's this day and age where it's faceless, it's cold, right. and everybody's, you know, techie and buttons and everything. My, my kid wakes up, first thing he does is look at his phone. <laughs> I mean, you know. Everybody's techie and buttons. That might be the quote <laughs> quote of the show. Well, no, but I that, get what you're saying. Uh, but it is. That's just mean, an old man way to say it. But it may, it may be an old way to say it, but, you know, that is, like you said, I mean, these, these guys, I mean, I can picture some of these guys playing these multi-tables on these poker they sites. They have no clue what they're doing. They've created systems to play it. Exactly, in the fan duels and so forth. I mean, I picture, like, What's that guy's name? Kevin Smith. It was in uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance or whatever. Yeah, He's sitting yeah. in his mom's basement, right. you know, hacking into the government. You know, I see a lot of these guys like this. Well, it, that's it, who's winning these things, right? They, they have to be, and it's so to that to that degree, they are gaming the system, and, and it puts them in a it puts them in a bad light at a bad time when the government was already mad because they weren't getting enough uh, big a piece of pie as they wanted. Now they have this to justify. All right, well, we're way over time. We, we could go on and on about this forever. So uh, how'd it feel to be back in studio there, oh, Rick? Oh, wonderful, finally. I mean, it's, you know. It seems it, strange. Yeah, it does seem strange. Kind of nice uh, actually yelling at you and not just yelling at your microphone over there as I've, I've done the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm, I can do it, but it's real hard arguing with yourself. But I, I, I've got to I got to figure out how to, um, you know, get – um, Scott's photographer away from my ranch, taking these snap <laughs> pictures of me. These Scott has eyes everywhere. You have to watch it. You know, there's no question. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> he, he's, he's brilliant on that computer. He's all about the tech and the buttons. I know that. Oh he, yeah, he can, there's no question about that. All right, well, let's get out of here. We are going to try this week, I believe, Rick, uh, to get in studio together and do the slant. I can't promise anything, but we'll do our best. If not, Mr. Briggs will be on the phone to join us anyhow. We'll have Scott in. That happens Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern. You can call in 646-478-4679. Get your questions in at Asylum Football, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Also, you can check us out Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern, and replayed, I believe, at 9 o'clock Eastern, fantasysportsnetwork.com, Cablevision Channel 147, and uh, outlets all up and down the East Coast and in Canada. Check that out. Uh, let us know. Give us some feedback. Let us know you're listening to that show. Let them know you're enjoying the show over there. So until Saturday, maybe Sunday, or at least on Wednesday, we'll see you. Hey, take care. got to admit that oh i know it's fun he, like i find i don't know if you listen to goes, any of the goes, shows goes I've back to what we just said what i was just talking about at the poker table That's it's true. fun looking at you and i just yelling instead of because i don't know how many if any of the shows i've done on my own you've listened to why do you listen to you but you'll notice what i do is if you listen to one i'll give my point of view on something 
then I'll say, Rick would have probably said this, and then I'll scream at your microphone for 10 <laughs> minutes about why you're wrong, and you didn't even say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Sir Wellington yeah, probably. <laughs> well, that's funny. That's yeah. funny there. Sir Wellington Briggs, the third <laughs> produce mogul of the East Coast. Sir Edinburgh Fish. <laughs> All right, let's get out yeah, of here. Yeah, I've had enough.